Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, this podcast is dedicated to small business owners who are willing to make the changes in their company in order to build a seven-figured foundation and reach their own vision of success. I'm your host and business coach, David Jones, here to take my 20 years experience launching companies and coaching small businesses, put them into words so you can easily implement strategies that can 2x your profits in 12 months. Welcome back to Hidden Profits here in under one hour. I'm your host and coach, David Jones, and I'm joined here with Bonnie, the founder of CoLids. How are you doing, Bonnie? I'm doing well, David. Thanks for having me. Honestly, it is my pleasure, and uh, it's something I've been excited about for weeks now. Uh, I want to tell everybody that this Bonnie is our first official guest here on the podcast, so welcome, Bonnie. I couldn't be more excited. Ah, the first one. Yes, you are. See, now the like that. really on. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting. So Bonnie and I uh, are both big on LinkedIn. Uh, she's bigger than I am in all the other platforms as well. LinkedIn's kind of my playground, but that's where we met there. Um, I just saw how she was blowing it up uh, with her marketing. It seems like every day she was coming out with a new marketing video uh, for her product, which we'll get into here soon. And uh, I just said, wow, this is someone that I'd you know, like to be able to get in touch with. And so we started just conversing back and forth, supporting each other's little content and whatnot. We started chatting. And I said, you know what? I'm launching a new podcast and I'd love if you could be on it. And uh, she graciously said yes. So thanks again for that, Bonnie. My pleasure. All right. So I, I was scrolling through the GoLid site. Again, I've been on it before. As you know, I'm a, I'm an avid user as well of your product. And I'll let you tell a little bit more about what your product is here. Uh, then I, I'd like to chime in. But you actually have a really interesting kind of like origin story here on how the product uh, came about. It, it, it seems comical, but also a little embarrassing. But you put it on your website. So I figured it'd be safe to talk about it's public domain, so it's okay to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you came up with this product? So it was back in 1990. I'm dating myself a little bit. And I was in college in Arizona, and I was on a date. We went to the movie theater. And when I got there, we went to the counter and we got the classic things that everybody gets. You get hot dogs and popcorn, sodas, snacks, you know, whatever you can carry. And my lovely date gave me everything to carry. And so I took everything he gave me and carried it. And, you know, I am am 5'10", barefoot, and I had heels on to go to the theater. That's a whole nother story. And I just felt unsteady. I knew I was going to go down at some point. We finally get into the theater. He doesn't have any seats. And we wound up sitting in the middle of the row where nobody ever wants to sit because you can't get in and you cannot get out. And of course, I was climbing into the row. We had center seats in the middle of the aisle. And I was trying to get in. And there was a man there with really big knees. And my leg got stuck. And I went over. And I didn't just trip, I really took a spill. And I wound up soaking dozens of rows. Uh, The lids came off the soda, the popcorn went flying, the candy opened, everything just exploded. And people were yelling at me, screaming, yelling, calling me things I cannot repeat on your podcast. 
And I just was in shock, you know, on the floor of that sticky theater. And I just pulled myself together. I sat down and I just sat there thinking the entire time that should not have happened. Why did that happen? And that's what constituted me thinking about Golitz at the time, because I figured at least two or three of those things should have been connected in some handheld fashion. And that was really it. I left the theater. I went home. I drew a little sketch and I came up with a name. It wasn't Golids at the time, but that was the story. And I, I continued on with college. I graduated, got my degree, and I went back to New York. And I started my life and I got into the corporate world. And everyone always says, well, why didn't you do something about this at the time? And there's a clear answer. And the answer is that I felt like it was an inconvenient situation what occurred. And it's definitely a problem that we all deal with, which is just classic overload that we all lug too much around during the day. Fast forward to 2007, 2008, the emergence of the smartphone. That is when I realized, okay, so now you see people in the streets of New York City and all over, won't put the phone down, social media emerges, and now you're doing more phone, more business on your phone than you are from your laptop. And that's when I realized, you know what? It would be nice to have an extra hand. It is actually a larger problem now. And at that time, emergence of Starbucks, Dunkin', all the grab-and-go food and drink became such a huge thing as it is now still. And it just dawned on me that it was the right time. And in entrepreneurship, everyone will tell you that timing is a huge aspect of the game. Because if your timing is wrong, it doesn't matter how great your product is, it still might not succeed. And there you go. That is the full story. Wow. That's way more detail than what's on your website. So thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. just put into context here uh, with everybody. So GoLids, the product, I'll take a stab at this, Bonnie, um, is basically like a little plastic to-go container that fits on over 20 that I know of anyway, standardized cups that are out there that you can get at, at fast food places and whatnot. Bonnie can describe that more, but basically it clips on there. It allows you to access your food at the same time as still access the straw so you can drink from it. So you can hold all of your food and beverages in just one hand and the lid can close for security as you're walking, like I think, you know, in a game or something like that or to a movie. Um, and the way I use it is actually a little different. I actually keep them in my car for my kids because I have four kids. So when we're driving around and we're doing quick stops on little road trips and whatnot, uh, we grab the chicken nuggets and whatnot and all the different sauces and drinks and throw the go lids on top of those so the kids stop making a mess in my car. So Yeah, it's, it's they're great in the car. Great container for something like that. So just to give people like a little visual of what that is and what this product is. And, um, you know, I, I think you've even won awards, right? Didn't you win like in a an innovative like cold beverage cup like manufacturing award or something? We did. We won an award for the most innovative um, cold beverage lid manufacturer. Wow. When, when was that? Uh, we won that award back in 20. 
So, you know, a couple years ago, but it was, it was a nice, nice award to get. And your description was very good. The only thing I would add is that for the audience is that we replace all standard food service couplets. So it's, so the lid snaps on, but it doesn't go, obviously it doesn't go over the lid. It goes on the cup and we remove that lid. So more of a disruptive packaging uh, lid than the current lid that's out there. But otherwise your description was perfect. Oh, and I do want to add too that these are reusable as well. So more eco-friendly. So you can just throw them in. I think there's dishwasher safe too, I believe, but if not, uh, they are. They're not, uh, they're not dishwasher safe, but they are reusable. Absolutely. I mean, you have them, so they're really thick and sturdy. You can sanitize them, wash them out with soap and hot water, and then dry them and lay them flat to dry. But yeah, they can be reused over and over and we only use recycled materials. So it is definitely a sustainable product and that's really important to us. Yeah. So could you tell me like the journey of your product? So you, you kind of launched there or at least the concept, you know, started to materialize back in 07, 08. But, you know, how did you initially get it up and running? And, you know, how has your, your business grown since then, whether it was in the, you know, commercial space, residential, like, like how did you start it? Where'd you target it and kind of how have you grown? Sure. We actually, we didn't found the company until 2012. So although the concept started, you know, germinating in my mind in 2008, I still hadn't pulled the trigger. But in 2012, we decided to step off the ledge. And we initially were targeting B2B businesses. So all the fast food brands, food service, hospitality, events, entertainment, anything where you are in a position of carrying food and beverage and it's really uncomfortable and awkward and not so easy to do, especially when you're with, like you said, a family, you have kids, um, you know, they're, they're making a mess, they're doing this, doing that. So that's how we really jumped into the game. And we started approaching different companies, um, you know, to tell them our proposition because one aspect is it's, yes, it's super convenient for the consumer, but for the business, obviously we all know that businesses will innovate, but not at the expense of crushing their bottom line. So there has to be something in it for them in order to want to go down that path. And what happens for the businesses is that they wind up increasing their check average and their overall revenue because it comes down to convenience. When things are convenient, consumers, as we know, are more apt to do something and take an offer because it's all, you know, it's, it's easy to handle. If it's inconvenient, that's another purchasing driver. So what happens with us, because it's a combo, because it's connected, it's a benefit for the businesses. They can upsell a lot easier. And what we did is we sat in that space, we launched, we actually, our initial launch was a local launch in New York City with um, a company called Papaya King, which is a famous New York City establishment, hot dogs and knishes and all kinds of things that they're known for. And that's really who gave us our start. And then from there, we branched out um, into a lot of other different types. We went into a stadium setting. We went to different areas to get proof of concept. And we kept driving it from there, um, speaking to really large companies. We've done a lot of tests with some really large QSRs. A lot of it I can't mention, NDA-wise, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we still are. But something we decided to do 
when the pandemic hit is to dive into e-commerce. And so we started offering B2B e-commerce on our site where, where businesses could purchase cases of our product where previously they can only order a, um, a pallet of product. So we wanted to make it more accessible. So we allowed them to order cases. And then recently we launched e-commerce for consumers where we are now selling, and that's how you got it, packages of GoLids for consumers it comes in a pack, and it gives you a guide to an endless number of places that these are uh, compatible with. Tons of different brands, like you said. You know, we're, we're compatible with tens of thousands of cups all over the country. Yeah, I was going to say, like, on your packaging, you listed at least a couple dozen of the major players out there. And it's basically every one that I could think of that I could ever drive by. Yeah, oh. exactly. And we give you a kind of a roadmap. You know, we say like Starbucks, Trenta, Dunkin', Large. We tell you exactly where to go, what it clips on. And we did list about three dozen. We could have listed hundreds and hundreds, but obviously we didn't want to overdo it on the box. So we, we kind of went with the top three dozen that most people would uh, relate to and say, yeah, we go there. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So when you were kind of making the switches there from the B2B to the consumer side, obviously it changes your packaging, your manufacturing, and adds an extra wrinkle of logistics in there for you. Um, how, was, how was being able to handle that versus the growth? And, and you know, has it been worth it, I guess, was I guess the question. Uh, that's a good question. It's, it's definitely worth it, but I will say that it's incredibly – that pivot – for us was a painful pivot because it's unbelievably different. Everything that you do for e-commerce, there's not much connection back to business to business. Um, like you said, it changes the packaging. It changes our process. It changes everything that we had to do. We had to bring in a 3PL that would pick and pack and ship where we're with a manufacturer that that's just not what they do. So we had to bring on additional suppliers. We had to bring on a box company that would supply us. We had to bring on a, an additional graphics company that would do the layout and all the graphics and the copy. So many elements that I don't think we even knew what we were getting into when we started doing this. Um, it's going well, and I'm grateful for that. But it is definitely an additional layer of... Uh, I don't want to say confusion, but it's complicated. It's a complicated layer to add, but it's also a crucial layer to add because it's really meeting consumers where they are. And so many of them shop online. And it also goes back to, again, convenience, which is what we're all about. And at the time I was thinking, well, our product is so convenient. Shouldn't our access be as convenient as our product? Yeah, and so we decided, you know, to take that leap. That a lot of people have, right, is that point of sale. They, they make it so difficult. And today's consumer just doesn't have the patience for it. Like, I'll tell you, if I'm online trying to buy something, if I can't buy it, you know, simply, I'm done. Like, even if I wanted it, I'm gone. So Exactly. And like you said, if if it's difficult, they're out of there. 
Yeah. And, and that's so, thing. like, you have to be able to, you know, attract someone to the product, right? You got to cut, you kind of kind of catch them with a hook, but you have to be able to educate them quickly on what your product does and show that it serves some sort of convenience, you know, or some sort of problem that they have in their day. So, you know, to going back to, you know, that pivot that you had there to move from the B2B side, you know, to direct to consumer, um, it's, it's totally it's a totally different sales process. Yes, the manufacturing and everything is different as well, even more complicated in your situation because your manufacturer didn't have that other 3PL service uh, with the delivery, it seems like. But it's, yeah, it's a totally different process. You have a different buyer. Um, you know, you're selling them on something different versus, you know, um, a facility or, you know, say a, a food and beverage um establishments, you know, they're right. interested in margins and price and this or that, and how are they going to do it? Then how are they going to educate their people that this is a value to them and all these other things? And the consumer is a totally different buyer. It's totally right. We're just buyer. going, exactly. We're going straight, straight to the end user. You know, ultimately when we sell businesses, the end user is still the consumer, but we're, we're skipping that layer over B2B and going straight to the consumer. So yeah, now the entire marketing approach has to be adjusted. We have to quickly explain what's the value, what's the benefit, what's the value proposition. What do I get out of this if I was willing to purchase this package? Yeah, and and, and like you said, into... that's not easy to do in a quick, swift manner. Yeah, so, sorry for cutting you off there, Bonnie. Sure. Uh, but but the marketing thing is is what I really want to dive into here because it seems like, like I said, you're killing it on LinkedIn. And I know you're on other platforms as well, like TikTok, Facebook, Insta, uh, sites like that, sites where I'm not really on as much. But uh, could you tell me a little bit about your kind of marketing strategy? Uh, if there's anything that you've done differently here over the last couple of years that you've you know really benefited from or seen su success from that you could share? Sure. One of our biggest strategies for marketing uh, became an organic approach. And what I mean by that is traditional advertising, the traditional commercials that are on TV and on social, they don't work anymore. It's really one of the reasons why TikTok has become such a big sensation. Like These consumers, the millennials, Gen Z, they just don't want to be sold in that way. It's not authentic to them. So what happened for us is over the last many years, as we would go out and about, whether it was in the street, on the way to a meeting, at the airport, anywhere we went, consumers were grabbing us everywhere we went, poking us on the shoulder, saying, excuse me, even inside a Starbucks. I put up a video on LinkedIn a few weeks ago about being in a Starbucks and creating like a focus group by accident because I clipped my lid on Starbucks Trenta and everyone around me was saying, where did you get that? That's from here? And it gets confusing because it wasn't from Starbucks. I had it with me when I went in there. And that approach, as we started to see all these consumers stopping us, asking questions, where did you get it? What is it? What's the name of it? Suddenly it dawned on me. I looked at a coworker and I said, you know what? Why aren't we capturing these moments? This is almost wasted organic marketing material. We should be asking these consumers if we can put the video camera on. Now, having said that, I would say 95% of consumers, when asked that, asked that question, they say no, which I understand because not a lot of people want to be on video. 
But 5% of them say yes, and because we get stopped so often, 5% turns into a rather large number. And we started uh, developing this organic library of content. And it's no small library. I mean, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of videos from consumers that have stopped us all over the place in, in any state we went to. And that's when we realized, you know, let's start using this, this content, this organic masterpiece and putting it on the social platforms. And that's a lot of what drives us on LinkedIn. That's a lot of what drives us on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And the other great thing that we started doing is with e-commerce, we figured, okay, well, wouldn't it be great if we can ask some of these consumers for video reviews? And a lot of them have been happy to oblige, and they're sending in videos using GoLids wherever they are, and that's, you know, more organic content. And I think organic content is where it's at. It's what every company still strives to be doing right now. If you look around at the largest companies, even if you look at the commercials on TV, they're striking more of an organic approach because the, the texted you know, kind of scripted content from these large organizations, the generations, they don't want to see it. Yeah, I think that's a great point, that kind of social proof in any marketing material, uh, if you get it directly from the consumer. I, and I got to say, I, I love the reactions that I see that you've been able to capture here with some of the people, just their first initial expression, once they see what it does, and they're like, what the heck is it? First, it's like, what is yeah. this? And then it's like, oh my God, this is awesome. And you, you see like a smile or a thumbs up or something like that. And it, yeah, it seems like every day you have somebody new submitting something. And I know I actually still owe you a video. I told you I'd take one uh, while I was driving, but it seems like I'm always the one doing the driving so I can never film and drive at the same time. So yeah, but that approach, that approach has been very important for us. Um, and there's no, the beauty of it is there's no shortage of that content out there. Because if I want a piece of content, I just need to go into the street, walk around with GoLids, and I can guarantee within 30 minutes, someone's going to tap me on the shoulder. Yeah, what what a great strategy. Uh, it really is. Like I said, it, it gets to the social proof side of the house. Um, and it's, it's something that, I, I, ironically, in just my last podcast, I was talking about companies and where they are in their growth phase and what they should be focusing on. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to recap the whole episode, but one of them was saying that if you're an established company, if you don't have a referral program or a referral base or asking people for referrals that you can at least put on your website or something like you need that in today's society, people are looking for those ratings and reviews or something coming directly from whatever end user of product or service that you have. So the fact that you decided to do that you know, consciously, I think is awesome. And could you share as far as, you know, what have you seen that do to your company since you kind of made that switch? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's had a big impact. And I think it's what you just touched on. When you see someone, when a consumer sees someone that looks like them, that speaks like them, that sounds like them, that they can envision, okay, that's my life. You know, I'm always in the car or I'm always overloaded they get a feeling that other people understand their problems because they have them too. And when you show that and that person has your product, it's, it's everything. So for us, it's been really helpful 
and driving sales because you you look at someone whether it's you know we talk a lot about moms um you know the soccer mom the mom on the go that's got the bag and the stroller and the packages and the kids and it's overwhelming and she really does need another hand so that she can not only feed her kids on the go but she could also grab some food and beverage you know, and I say moms, but I also, you know, you know let's throw dads in there, of course, yeah, as well. You. I appreciate that. I yeah, we'll throw, we'll throw dads. In, <laughs> yeah, we'll throw dads in the mix. I'm not just not not just playing to the moms, but yeah, and and I think that when a consumer sees another mom, uh, they tap into an emotion right there, and the emotional connection is the biggest part of this. Ask, is is it's everything. If you can make an emotional connection with a consumer through a marketing platform, and you can share your message, share your story, and they really inhale it and it hits them somewhere uh, in that emotional space, you're golden because that's what, you know, you make them feel something. And that means that the product is going to make them feel something. And that's the, that's the goal at the end of the day. We, we don't just want to sell GoLids. I mean, yes, GoLids is the product, it's convenience, but at the end of the day, we want to make a difference. We want to make people's lives even a bit easier. And if we've done that, then we've done our jobs. Exactly. And you, you actually touched on another thing too, is as far as the buyers and buying with emotion, it's one of the things that I chirp all the time. I keep telling people, you know, you know, people buy with emotion and they justify with, you know, facts and figures, you know, and other things to justify their purchases. So it, you really got to tie into that emotional aspect of whatever your product or service is actually trying to solve there. Um, and, and that's just understanding your, you know, your customer, your consumer, um, your avatar, if you want to say that. Um, yeah. So just your, to, your, you know, your ideal kind of perfect avatar, as you said, it's, it's who you're really speaking to. And just to wrap up the marketing piece here, then I just want to touch real quickly on the manufacturing side for our people that are actually working in actual like product goods here. Um, so on the marketing side, have you, have you used any other strategies that have really, you know, helped you out as far as like alliances, joint ventures, or maybe even like affiliate marketing or something like that? Uh, we haven't really tapped into affiliate. We've had a lot of requests to kind of step into that game and allow people to, you know, start, start an affiliate marketing program, which we're considering doing actually. Um, that's something we've been discussing for months on end, really since 23 hit, we've been talking about an affiliate program. We haven't pulled the trigger. Um, in other ways, we've definitely seen a lot of B2B customers on that side of it do marketing for us. Like we have different types of customers, even concessions, entertainment, and they'll use our product to market. And they'll tag us like on Instagram, on Facebook, and we've gotten some really great content out of that, which is our business is using GoLids and here's how we're using them and here's why we're using them. And of course, that's a benefit for us because we get that content given to us and we're able to turn around and repurpose it and use it on the platforms as well. So that's, that's one additional benefit I think we have. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, it, it just goes to show everybody out there that you don't have to spend a ton of money, you know, on marketing here. There's, you know, next to nothing cost to do something like this. You hit it on the head. You do not, anyone listening, you do not need a million dollar marketing budget. Not anymore. You used to 
back in the day, with the absence of social media, yes, you had no choice. And you did need a budget. You did have to put up commercials and run print ads and marketing campaigns in different publications. But now, you if, you're, if you do it right and you're strategic about it and you have the right creative in your corner, you can put up content on social media and watch it go viral. I mean, we've had videos on TikTok that hit 33 million views. No way. And we didn't spend a penny, not a penny, on the ad, on the content. And we've had 33 million, 10 million, 20 million, 15 million, tons of videos that went crazy viral. And the only thing we put into it was sheer time. That's it, time. And, and were those through like influencers or did they just naturally go? Nope. Viral? Straight from our company. Wow. That's, yeah. If you go on our, play, if you go on our profile on TikTok, we have some of them pinned. You will be amazed at some of the videos that we have turned out. And to this day, we don't really understand what the craziness is, but I think I know a little bit about what it is. And it's that when you see something, that magic something that you've never seen before, when Golitz pops up on that screen, it's almost the same reason we get stopped in the street. It's the, what is that moment? And it grabs you and you almost can't stop watching until you understand what, what it actually is. And so that's what I think contributes to the, to, to the success in that regard. And that's gonna wrap up part one of this two-part series. I wanna thank Bonnie for joining us here today and being our first guest. This is David Jones saying, I look forward to helping you reach your vision of success. Take care.